If at any point you hear a loud crash and the recording cuts off, it's because the Philly fanatic burst into my room like the Kool-Aid man and shot me with a hot dog gun in the face. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't think he wants us talking about this, frankly. I think he's trying to trying to keep a lockdown on the incident. Um, let me just read you the first paragraph from Deadspin's write-up of a, an article titled, Philly fanatic shoots woman in face with hot dog gun, sends her to hospital. The Philly fanatic aimed his hot dog gun, pressed a button, and fired into the stands. The duct tape wrapped hot dog flew through the air and hit Kathy McVeigh in the face. It knocked off her glasses, gave her a black eye, and sent her to the emergency room. She has to ice her face every 20 minutes. <laughs> what? I have a small hematoma in my eye, she told 6ABC, and mostly it's going to get worse before it gets better. It's going to go down the side <laughs> of my face. <laughs> How does this happen? How does this happen? I'm really curious about, like, like, oh, I really wish there was video of this because I, know. I, I want to see it happen. But I'm just kind of curious, like, did... Like, usually they shoot that thing up into, like, the second deck or something like that. Or does he just, like, walk up to her, like, point blank, point blank. and just, like, fire it in the face, you know? He turned it sideways for the kill shot. Yeah. As you know, I'm back in Philadelphia. Um, not at the time of recording, actually. We're just in separate parts in New York, being annoying and not meeting up and doing this in person. But <laughs> I was back in Philadelphia when this happened. And so it came on, like, the nighttime news. Like, 6ABC is the, the Philadelphia ABC news channel. And I heard this story like before I had even seen it on Twitter. And it was the first time in a long time that I had seen a story that I didn't already hear about from Twitter. And I like left the nighttime news on to try to watch it. It was a real throwback for me. Watching the news. Well, I was really hoping they were teasing it like there was going to be a video of it. I know. And then they just have the the picture of this poor woman with like a legit black eye. Like it's not like a little scuff or anything like this messed her up, man. Yeah, for real. It truly did. It's like a big, I mean, I guess we'll probably link to it, but it's a, and you, if you haven't seen, it's like a big legit black eye. Like she got punched and then like the other side of her nose even has like a big mark on it. It's like poor Kathy McVeigh. Yeah. Um, Plymouth meeting, Pennsylvania. Like these guns have some uh, velocity behind them, apparently. Yeah, seriously. I mean, I, mean, I, I, I get they have to uh, shoot it pretty far, but oh my God. Of course Wonder. it was a Philly fanatic too, right? Yeah, seriously. It that's the only fitting mascot for this to happen with. I wonder what the spin rate was on that hot dog launch. Yeah, seriously. I wonder what the exit velo was. <laughs> I was just about to say that. Don't tell Bob Nightingale. Oh man. Yeah, maybe this is what will make baseball great again. Shooting people in the face with hot dogs? You know, there's more on field action, right? Uh yeah. I mean, you gotta keep she was probably just looking down at her phone, man. You know these people these days, they don't even watch the game. She was just looking down at her phone. God, that's so true. She also says she has no intention of suing the Philly Fanatic, a mascot who was named, quote, the most sued mascot in the majors in a 2002 <laughs> Cardozo Law Review article. <laughs> that's quite the title. Do you think the guy who did this, the guy who was in the costume, got fired? Um, Probably not. It feels like an accident, right? 
Yeah. Like, do you think, like, I don't know. I don't have a sense of uh, how much job switching goes on underneath that, uh, that costume. Like how many, how many people do you think they rotate through? I don't, I don't know. I assume there's probably like a weekend guy and a weekday guy. Um, but also like you can't really fire him because his part of his job is shooting projectiles into a crowd. You can't be mad at him when it hits someone. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> what did you think was going to happen? <laughs> so I don't, I don't think he should get fired unless he did the kill shot thing. Like you said at the beginning, just point blank, just rector. I kind of hope he did, man. <laughs> like just be, just be shameless about it at that point. Okay. It's, don't you think it's weird that there's no video of this? Let's start an internet conspiracy theory. Yeah, it was wiped. I'm telling you, the Philly Fanatic doesn't want you to see this. Yeah, your tweet was funny. We must find the one they call the Philly Fanatic. <laughs> I don't know. His scourge is uh, is only going to continue until someone puts a stop to this. It says the Phillies may not have to answer for the Fanatic's hot dog shooting, but they've offered McVeigh free tickets to an upcoming game. The fanatic ought to have a bunch of hot dogs for her and just hand them to her this time. Really, all they offered her was free tickets to another game. I guess what else can you offer as like a, a baseball team? They should have given her like a hat or something. I guess I didn't realize that their hot dog gun isn't even one of these like um, isn't one of those like small handheld ones that they use to like shoot up t-shirts or whatever. It's like no, it's like that's mounted it's like to the mounted, back of a truck. Yeah, seriously, <laughs> this is like. This is like an assault weapon. Seriously, it's like military grade. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> this is the thing, that truck? Oh, no, maybe not, no. Remember when Noah Syndergaard stole the Philly Fanatic's ATV? <laughs> yeah. Why is the Philly Fanatic just like strapped up, man? Why does he have like an ATV, a truck that launches hot dogs? Like who is giving him all of this paraphernalia? He yeah. needs to stop the, the uh, military fanatic complex. <laughs> <laughs> Someone needs to put an end to this. <laughs> okay, I, the last question that I have about this is, why are the hot dogs wrapped in duct tape? Uh, yeah. That feels like a recipe for disaster. Doesn't that make it like a harder projectile? Why not just like shoot it in its foil? Yeah, right? Like, I think it's probably just because so it doesn't fly open. I mean, clearly there's some velocity uh, behind these hot dogs, but like, why not just use a little piece of tape to like tape a chut? Or, like, wait, here's another idea. Maybe just don't fire hot dogs at people in the stands. Just walk well, around and pass them around. Or just throw them, you know? <laughs> we don't need to shoot everything out of a gun. Why can't we just throw it? Is this not, like, the perfect embodiment of, like, America in 2018? Is that we love to get hot dogs shot out of guns at us? <laughs> like, like, this is a genuine form of enjoyment, and everyone goes crazy for it at the ballparks. The only thing that would make this more America in 2018 is the, if the Philly Fanatic put on, like, a... Um, a camouflage military jacket before he got onto the truck and started shooting then. Yeah. Or like he did this during the national anthem. <laughs> Can you imagine if they weren't wrapped in duct tape or whatever, and they were just in like paper and all of a sudden the hot dogs just started like falling out of the <laughs> just like like raining from this guy. <laughs> uh, I'm telling you, it's a, it's a genuine form of entertainment, whether we like it or not. I'm just, it's, cle it's clearly, it's clear to make up for the fact that baseball itself is just boring these days. I don't know, man. Duct tape is pretty expensive. How much duct tape are they using to wrap this shit up? <laughs> Definitely more expensive we, than the hot dog. We really have to do a full-on investigation. Talk about um, uh, inches of duct tape per hot dog. I mean, also, once you get a hot dog that's wrapped in duct tape, how do you get the duct tape off? Isn't the glue <laughs> from the back of the tape stuck to the bun? I have so Jeez. many questions. <laughs> I mean, I imagine it's wrapped in like foil and then covered in duct tape. But at that point, it's like, 
or sorry, I had to go through the Odyssey to get this one free hot dog that was fired at me at 200 miles an hour. Yeah, what I I guess I don't get the like. It's much easier to just like I'll fork over ten bucks for a hot dog that I don't have to unwrap. Seriously, I don't have to go through freaking boot camp to get. <laughs> oh God, I've been I've been to a Phillies game in the last month and I don't recall getting hot dogs shot at me. But maybe I just wasn't paying attention. Uh, yeah, it's probably not. Maybe the fanatics should come by and wake you up, man. Maybe you need one to the side of the face. I guess so. <laughs> get your head out of your phone. I was sitting so far up that i don't even know if this hot dog gun could make it to me uh you know maybe it could man you never know (laughs) i really i really would like to learn more about this like how far can the hot dog gun actually go what's the how many miles per hour yeah the fanatic was like running freaking ballistic testing with hot dogs (laughs) (laughs) what's the terminal velocity of a fucking six inch hot dog yeah learn about the aerodynamics behind it like maybe the duct tape um decreases the drag you know maybe so uh just like the baseball they've been running similar tests exactly um about how to get get it to fly further so here we have the the real fly ball revolution it's hot dogs man yeah the the top comment on the deadspin article is getting hit in the face with a hot dog is the worst and worst is spelled w-u-r-s-t <laughs> That was the most liked comment, and the the, resp- the first response to it is, damn you. And the second one is, I relish the fact I've never been hit by one. <laughs> uh, all right, we need to stop talking about hot dogs in the Philly Fanatic. <laughs> um, so I'm really glad that we're nearing the end of June, and Ichiro Suzuki still has not left our lives yet. Like, I don't think that anything makes me happier, because when he announced that he was retiring for the rest of the season at least like back in uh what was it like april um or no i guess it was like mid-may or something like that uh that was heartbreaking and he keeps popping up like every week or two uh hitting batting practice or uh chilling on the dugout and it just brings me so much joy yeah we kind of were like bracing for him to just slowly fade into the darkness (laughs) and he's not did you see the picture of him like dressed up with a mustache in the dugout. Yeah, like, sunglasses because on. because he's not a, a player. He's not on the roster right? so, or, or a coach, so he's not technically allowed to be in there. But he I was don't think anyway. Anyone's man. gonna like give him a hard time. I don't think anyone will either. And I kind of, I kind of love that. That it's like, like any other player, like probably would not get that sort of treatment. I think. But Ichiro's like, no, I'm just gonna chill in the dugout. Like, what are you gonna do? Are you gonna stop me? Rob Manfred, Rob Robert, Rob, you're gonna come down here yourself. <laughs> um, but I guess the the bigger reason that we're talking about Ichiro is because we want to get him in the home run derby now. Frankly, yeah. our team Ichiro in the home run derby. Yeah. So about a week or so ago, uh, Scott Cervase, the Mariners manager, said in like a radio appearance that Ichiro has been like putting on a show in BP basically. And, uh, and he was chatting with some of the other Mariners coaches and they jokingly said, um, you know, no one wants to do the home run derby this year. So why don't we just send Ichiro? He'd be awesome. And he was probably just kind of joking about it. But of course you can't suggest each putting Ichiro in the home run derby without expecting everyone to go nuts for that sort of thing. Especially so, baseball Twitter. 
Yeah, exactly. So Mariners fans uh, waged this like social media campaign. Um, even like the Mariners Twitter like got in on it. Hashtag Ichi for DC. And, uh, and now this is something that we get to imagine. And Ichiro even addressed it. He was like asked about it. And he kind of uh, clamped down on it and was like, oh, our, ma- our manager loves to tell jokes. Um, but then... It's not He's, a joke, my guy. Uh, yeah, well, he went on to say that if he were to do it, uh, he'd have to start eating a couple more uh, hamburgers each day so that he could uh, bulk up a little bit. How about some hot dogs? I have just the guy to provide them. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he said he probably wouldn't do it because of like the MLB's like history and like he doesn't want to silly that. But wait, what? He, he, he said, want to sully the history of the home run derby." Yeah, he said, "I'm not a player, and just the long, great history that MLB has, I don't think it would be good for it." He Why not? This is actually this is actually the best thing for it, frankly. Yeah, he could become a player pretty easily. I mean, like he was a player at the beginning of the year; they could just sign him to like a ten day contract. I know this is not <laughs> a thing, but <laughs> you know, we I mean, could, they, yeah, they could. We could si- find a special exception for him. Yeah. Just sign him on like a, a minimum contract and then just cut him right away. As long as he's fine with it. It's not like you're disrespecting him. Yeah. I mean, there, there are videos that come out um, of like him in BP and he does launch home runs. So yeah, I, I would watch that. Probably, yeah. Well, I mean, of course, I'm going to watch the home run derby either way. I like yeah. the home run derby. Yeah. Aaron Judd said he wasn't going to do it this year, right? Has Giancarlo said anything about it? Yeah. Judge says he's skipping it. Harper said that he's like kind of non-committal about it. I think it looks like, yeah, Stanton says he might skip it too. Mm. So why? I know. Right. Well, Harper only did it last year because it was in Washington. Yeah. That was like, he hadn't done it before. I don't think. And he, but he just, he said he promised like the fans that he would do it when it was in Washington. And he still took that L uh, to his future teammate. I mean, like 10 or 15 years ago, that may have been a problem because there were like a handful of the most prodigious like home run hitters to ever play the game. And then everyone else was like, fine. But now that literally everyone hits 30 home runs a year, uh, I don't think that that like put Francisco Lindor in the home run derby. Uh, Yeah. I just want to see the people who are going to be the most interesting after the, after a round. Yeah. There should be better skills contests. Like the home run derby is good. It's solid. But like we could do more, right? Yeah. How about absolutely. a home run? How about a home run robbing competition? Ooh, there you go. Did you, you see? Just have uh, one did you just like lobbing balls over the fence and see how many you can pull back? <laughs> <laughs> like that, like that thing that you would do like after games, just chilling in the outfield with your yeah. friends and be like, "All right, let's rob these home runs now." Yeah. Did dude, you see? I'm just gonna did, throw it a little further, see if you can get it. <laughs> did you see Marcel Ozuna the other day go and like try to rob a home run, and then he totally misjudged it, and the ball didn't actually go out of the ballpark. <laughs> so he like he like hopped up on the edge of the fence to like go and get it, and then the ball was like six feet behind him. Uh, no, I didn't see that, but that's hilarious. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you on the on the skills thing. I kind of like Marcelo Zuna, but the other day I was watching a Brewers game, and I was like, "Oh, Christian Yelich, how's he doing?" And I looked him up, and you know, obviously I'd know about Giancarlo being on the Yankees, and then I was like. Wasn't there a third Marlins outfielder that got traded? Like a really good one? And I was like, who was that? Um, And then I realized it was Ozuna. And I realized I couldn't remember it because I want nothing to do with the Cardinals. And everyone who goes to the Cardinals just becomes a Cardinal. 
And uh, that's yeah, a shame. Pretty much. Not to mention, Ozuna was the one who said he didn't want to play in Oakland, so he's forever dead to me. Yeah, he's canceled. Especially on this anniversary of Ricky Henderson's MLB debut that we're recording. <laughs> Truly. No A's slander allowed. <laughs> you know, for the for the home run derby, let's just get like because like I think a lot of hitters don't want to do it because like it messes up their swing or whatever, right? That's like bullshit. That's bullshit. They're trying to hit home runs all the time anyway. What's the difference? The pitch. Yeah, right. This is every everyone does this in their in game at bats. But like, let's just bring back also players everyone does this who before have... the game in BP. Sorry to yeah. cut you off again, but that's a lie. It's a lie. Let's just bring back players who have like recently retired, since no active players want to do it. So we get Ichiro out there. Uh, we get A Rod out there. Big Poppy. Yeah, let's get uh, David Ortiz out there. Rafael Palmero. <laughs> Rafael Palmero. <laughs> The thing is, I would watch that too because because you know that these guys are like still in enough shape that they can still hit some batting practice dingers. Yeah, Canseco, man, didn't you? Canseco, didn't you share a video the other day of him hitting a home run? Or was that uh, Palmero? No, that was Palmero. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, that's what I thought. How about we do like a there's like a current players division and whoever wants to play can come play whatever. Um, and then there's like a like a steroids peak division. So like McGuire, Bonds. No, Bonds is probably too famous and too good to do it. McGuire. Yeah, uh, I don't think that would be fair. Palmero, <laughs> Jose Canseco, like the washed steroid users division. And then <laughs> like the prodigiously strong like stat cast minor league darlings division. So like this would be your, the people who hit the ball like super hard. Like um, what's the Padres center fielder? Like Franchi Cordero. Yeah, I'm into it. And then we just got to get like the uh, the unlikely division so we can get a guy like Ichiro in there. Like all the guys who were not home run hitters at all, but could absolutely smash some home runs in the derby. And then we have a pitcher's division. Boom. A pitcher's <laughs> division. Cindergaard <laughs> just getting up there. Yeah, Madison Bumgarner. You know what I want to see? Like, you know when after Little League games, when you would race your friends around the bases, like you'd both start at home and one person would go the right way and one person would go to the left or to the third base first? Yes. And you would see who could get back to home plate first? I want to see that. How about that? <laughs> just just races? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mean, uh, like Byron Buxton versus um, Billy Hamilton in that game. That'd be fun. And see who wins. Yeah. You got to put like, you have to put like two second bases out there so they don't collide and injure each other because people would go <laughs> crazy if that actually happened but yeah i i'm here for it you know we should be writing all these things down and then make like a little proposal report and send it to to rob yeah to rob for consideration excuse me get this on rob's desk immediately <laughs> but anyway Ichiro, home run derby i am holding out hope that it happens but knowing mlb it won't you know, maybe it will, frankly. If no one does it, maybe he'll be forced to do it. Let's make him do it against his will. I don't care if he wants to do it. Just roll him out there. Yeah, maybe he'll fix baseball. <laughs> Honestly, if anyone could, it would be Ichiro. All right, uh, well, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, eventually we're going to talk about why baseball apparently needs to be fixed.
Last week, we had an extended conversation about intentional hit by pitches and hit, hit, hits, hit by pitches, hits by pitch. What's the, what's the plural of that? I would say, <laughs> yeah, let's think about this for a little while. This is the important part of this story. This is. Um, I would say hit by pitches. That sounds better, but that's sort of like RBIs and, and runs batted in, you know? Right. Yeah. Where it's like the first word probably should be plural, but because it gets shortened all the time. I don't know. I'll say hit by pitches. All right. We'll, we'll proceed with that. Um, let's um, let's put, call up our AP style friends. I was just going to say, let's put it in our style, the tipping pitches style guide. We're going to post that on the, on the website next week. <laughs> um, we had a long conversation about that and how dumb they are because it's really dumb to in, try to intentionally hurt another human being when you're playing a sport that's for children. Um, and so... You're wearing tight pants, guys, and long socks. <laughs> And lucky for us, Hunter Strickland just decided to go ahead and give us a real-life example uh, this past week. So the Giants reliever, Hunter Strickland, known guy with a temper, I guess you could say, who um, who waited three years to get back at Bryce Harper for something. Yeah, I was going to say, you know how sometimes there's like a, you see like someone covering a song and it's like, as made famous by, it's Hunter Strickland as made famous by beating Bryce Harper and getting a helmet thrown at him. <laughs> yeah. For a home run that was hit off him three years earlier. Like, why not? You know, just like let these memories never die. Um, so this past week, the Giants were playing the Marlins and uh, Marlins rookie Lewis Brinson, who is having a very bad year. Like, I don't know if he's above 200 right now or not. Um, and he Handsome hit guy, though. Good looking oh, dude. Oh, extremely good looking dude. Uh, eight, 80 grade smile. Yeah, he looks like a great athlete. I think yeah. he's going to come out of this. That's my take. Yeah. Those are my two, those are my two things. He looks athletic and he's handsome. I think he's going to be good at baseball. <laughs> um, so he hit a game tying hit off Hunter Strickland and kind of, I guess, bat flipped a little bit because, you know, he had a game tying hit and you get to do that. Like, that's fine. You did a good thing. Great. Celebrate. Um, Hunter Strickland took issue with that. They jawed a little bit as Strickland was taken out of the game and walking off the field. Um, and then the, I think it was the very next night, Brinson hit the game-winning hit off Strickland. And, uh, and, you know, Hunter Strickland did not like this very much. So he went into the clubhouse and punched a chair, I think it was, or punched a wall. Um, as you do. And, as you do, broke his hand and is now out six to eight weeks. So, great. He LeBroned it. He LeBroned it. And one would think, under normal circumstances, the story would end there, right? Like, it's it's like, okay, you got beat by the, by the opposing team, the opposing hitter. You made a fool of yourself. That's it. It's over. Uh, apparently not, because the, the next day, the Giants came out and hit Lewis Brinson with a pitch because he's good because he do you remember was who successful? was successful for the giants it was just it obviously wasn't hunter strickland unless he came out with a broken hand and hit him <laughs> <laughs> i think it was i think it was Derek rodriguez maybe hmm. um, he was like a rookie retro uh, yes supposedly good rookie for the giants so dumb so dumb to do that why because he got a game tying hit and a game winning hit like what's the what's the point of that? And what they did was it opened up an opportunity for the Marlins to retaliate. Don Mattingly stormed out of the dugout 
was super upset and then pointed at Posey and mouthed something uh, like, you're next. <laughs> <laughs> Which you can't do. You can't do that. I don't know if you know that. Don Mattingly is too famous to be managing this team. I just I want to <laughs> throw that out there. Like, Don Mattingly, real baseball person managing this clown show of a Marlins team. Although, the Marlins, you know, they're not really in the wrong here. The Giants instigated this. But I will say, Don Mattingly, just like we said at the beginning of the year when the Marlins were selling everybody off, we were like, yeah, poor Don Mattingly's going to really want to get out of there by halfway through the year. And we're hitting that point where he really needs to get out of there. Or maybe he's perfect for the Marlins, honestly. At this point, I've uh, I've done a 180. I think that he is the only one who can run the Marlins at this point. Think, like, where else is he going to go, you know? I think teams that are this bad and know they're trying to be this bad and are, like, quote-unquote tanking should bring in, like, celebrity managers or, like, kid managers. <laughs> yeah, I'm down. I mean, why, did, why doesn't Ichiro go manage the Marlins? Yeah, or that kid that threw out that first pitch from a couple days ago from I think it was the Reds game who was like kept pointing back to the mound and saying that he wanted to go all the way back yeah that would be fun have you know manage the team let's get all right hear me out let's get Jennifer Lopez to manage the Marlins oh Jennifer Lopez why because Miami is that the only reason no because there have been these like videos coming out over the last few weeks of of um of like A-Rod showing that like she actually knows her baseball shit like of <laughs> there was like the video of her coaching him um before Sunday night baseball and and running him through uh like the history of moneyball and stuff and then he posted a video a, a couple days ago of her crushing the ball in wiffle ball so i'm here i'm here for it man when it's 2018 and Jennifer Lopez is more sabermetrically inclined than USA today's top baseball columnist <laughs> <laughs> oh Anyway, so the Marlins ended up hitting Posey, obviously. Yeah. Um, and all this to say, this is really dumb. No one has to do any of this. Like, you're just asking for it. And I hate to say that because I don't think you should ever be asking for your best player to get hit with a ball. But uh, I, don't, I don't know. I'm irrationally angry over this. Yeah, I don't know where to go that we didn't go last week. We should have someone on who thinks that this is good, and we should see why. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we continue yeah. to just agree and be like, yeah, this is really dumb. Oh, yeah, this is really dumb. But, I mean, I don't know. They need to be more like soccer, where the game just ends, and everyone goes and, like, kisses each other and gives each other yeah, uh, right? like, trade jerseys and whatnot. Why do we need to hit Lewis Britton because he won the game? Like, sorry, he yeah. was better than you that day. Yeah, base- baseball players just have... Was better than you that day <laughs> baseball players have the dumbest beef like they get upset over the smallest things you know yeah at least in basketball the beef is fun like when lebron yeah. like when lebron did the like graveyard cupcakes and <laughs> the warriors said that the Cavs locker room still smelled like champagne like this is funny there's like a little bit of art that goes into that hunter strickland just beating someone there's no art that goes into that yeah, I think we talked we talked about we're basically just rehashing our conversation from last week. But like it's so it's it's almost like cowardly to just do that to be like, "Well, you made me mad, so I'm going to hit you." Like, all right, dude. Way to be the bigger man here. Yeah. Well, it's like when you get f- so frustrated at a video game and you just throw the c- the controller. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing else you can do, you just break something. And in this yeah. case, it's another human. So, yeah. Or when you throw your controller down and you end up breaking your phone screen? Oh, 
you're really gonna call me out like that on the podcast <laughs> you can cut that out hey man it's okay i did it because i got beat by a buzzer beater in 2k okay uh, it was fucked up it, it was three quarter court yeah that's that's reasonable it is reasonable fine i had an android too so it, it needed to be done now you lost lost in the heat of it all now we keep teasing this we have kind of teased this throughout the episode but um transitioning slightly to uh to why baseball is bad because it's not little things like this. It's not hitting people with baseballs. Like personally, I think that that's why baseball is bad. That's one reason that it's just really dumb. But, uh, but our good friend at USA today, Bob Nightingale, who has had some stellar takes just in the last few months over the course of a career, really, really extensive, like, um, deep career in hot takes yeah, he just keeps pulling the arrows out and firing them man He's, yeah the quiver never runs out <laughs> yeah he had a column the other day with the headline there's no ducking the numbers mlb has a bad baseball problem that's only getting worse oh folks oh. we got a, we got a doozy a doozy of a take over here this is like music to our ears yeah. here we go the bad take uh the the bad hot take dramatic readings we're bringing it back, <laughs> combined with our "What's Making Us Angry This Week" segment. Oh God, yeah. Um, he he starts off this column invoking Eddie Giddell, who is like known for being the like the shortest hitter in baseball history. He was like three foot seven, and he talks about how he would really fit in in today's game because he would r- really. Because he had one plate appearance ever, the Tigers were really bad, and they brought him in as a publicity stunt to bat, and he got one plate appearance, and he walked. That's his thing that Bob Nightingale is trying to say. Yeah, I guess I kind of skimmed this, and I I thought that his argument would be like because he was really hard to he might be really hard to strike out because the strike zone's so small, but that's like not even what he says. He just says that he could walk. Yeah, he walked on four pitches. <laughs> What? <laughs> All right. Um, but the gist of this article is that um, strikeouts are going up, hits are going down, and this is all bad for the game because there are fewer balls in play. Um, there are more strikeouts, there are more walks, and there are more home runs. And so, which means that more than a third of the time, fielders do not touch the ball. And Bob Nightingale thinks that this is going to be the the doom of baseball. This is what will bring it to its knees. And he cites like MLB attendance numbers, which are down um, at the time of this writing, like six and a half percent from last year comparatively. And, you know, that's a fair argument that there is less attendance, but also it's really expensive to go to a baseball game. Uh, yeah, I don't think it I don't think it is a fair argument because he lays out this thing. And then says, um, and you wonder why attendance is down 6.5%. Like, what? you can't just make that, you can't just say that that's a correlation, yeah, right? No, no, like, no. I guess you can't be like, stri- 
No, I understand what you were saying, but like, it's so dumb to just be like, strikeouts are up, attendance is down. <laughs> Here's the <laughs> these two are clearly linked. Yeah, I I didn't mean that it was a fair argument to make that this was the cause of attendance being down. I meant it's a fair argument to make that baseball has a problem that attendance has been down so much right. this year. But and I also tend to agree with the fact that if I mean it's very it's way too early on to say that this is going to be the thing that dooms baseball like he's doing here which is what makes this column so ridiculous but i sort of agree with the point that if strikeouts continue to go up at this pace and hits continue to go down at this pace eventually it will be a problem but i am in the camp that believes mlb will take action before that whether that's like lowering the pitcher's mound or moving it back or whatever they have to do like they will do something this is just how baseball is this is a um, like a historically dishonest argument for him to have because, you know, baseball had eras like that has had eras like this in the past. They had the dead ball era and they changed it. And then they had the year of the pitcher and they uh, lowered the mound, you know. And so they have had to re- correct for the fact that athletes are getting bigger and stronger. And when athletes get bigger and stronger, pitchers get better more so than hitters because you can only get so big and so strong as a hitter. You still have to have the hand-eye coordination and humans only have so much reaction time and so much hand-eye coordination. It's a lot harder, in my opinion, to get you know exponentially better as a crop of hitters than it is to get exponentially better as a crop of pitchers because you can just continue to throw harder and harder. And so yeah, he leaves all of that context out in favor of saying baseball is screwed because no one knows how to play the game anymore. Yeah, it's a really, it's just a really strange frame of arguing this sort of thing. But if you're on Um, Twitter and you like see other people arguing this thing a lot, it doesn't seem all that strange because there are people, there are a lot of people who believe this is the problem. Or if you go to games and people are like, but like, like, but like, are there, you know, like, like to the average fan, like, does the average fan really care that strikeouts are up? You know, like, it feels like the kind of thing that baseball columnists they need something to write about, and so they're very alarmist about this this sort of thing because they're looking at the trends and they're seeing strikeouts go up. But like, as an average fan who goes to a game, I'm not sitting there being like, "Well, there were a couple more strikeouts in this game than when I would have gone 20 years ago." So I'm very and you know like yeah, but like what people if, like know, to watch a guy like Max Scherzer. I agree, but people don't like when the strikeouts are going up for the guys on their own team. Maybe it doesn't manifest in people in the stands being like someone strikes out and someone and some a fan turns to their friend and is like, wow, that was really indicative of how the MLB strikeout rate has been going up this year. I don't think it's like that. I think it's more like, oh, my team's second best hitter is hitting 210, you know, and they whine about that. I think it manifests more on an individual level, like, oh, these guys are terrible. Everyone's terrible. And they lack the context for why your team's second best hitter or whatever is hitting 210 you know they just want yeah. to look at like average i think that uh, that this goes on a lot more than you and i tend to hear because it, it because like it, it's mostly like dudes over 40 who are like i remember when ted williams hit 400 you know i guess it would be more older than 40 but you get what i'm saying right i remember when chipper jones could hit 350 with his eyes closed yeah yeah, of course. I'm I'm sure they're the they're the guys who hearken for the the good old days of baseball. But it's all even that itself is strange because it's like, okay, well, 
it's not like hitters are bad these days. We're in the midst of watching one of the greatest baseball seasons ever, if not the greatest baseball season ever. Like we have, we are literally sitting in front of the greatest player to ever play the game. And um, some of the biggest power hitters we have ever seen. And, and the argument is like, but they don't get as many singles. And it's like, it, it it's based off this assumption that like balls in play are more interesting than strikeouts, you know, that like yeah. I would rather watch Aaron judge roll over and ground out to the third baseman than I would uh, watch him get struck out by Corey Kluber's uh, curveball, you know, like, like what's, is that re- that was really more interesting that ground ball to Joe panic at second base. <laughs> I guess if you're in the stadium, Maybe it's more interesting because you can't really see that it was Corey Kluber's, you know, slider or whatever when you're sitting in the like 400 level. But uh, you mentioned Trout. He quotes Trout in here. And he says, and Trout says, the two biggest stats to me are run scored and RBI. (laughs) (laughs) Says two-time MVP Mike. Come on, Mike Trout. You're not helping us out. Says two-time MVP Mike Trout of the Los Angeles Angels, the game's greatest player in the midst of his finest season. I mean, that's how you win games, right? scoring the most runs and then nightingale says in theory yes but why ponder actual outcomes when you can obsess over expected ones this is this is such this is arguably the weirdest thing about this article is that he starts to make this whole argument about um strikeouts are up and uh balls and player down and like that's a problem and fine if you want to do that fine but then like there's just this weird middle section when he's like also the problem is all these advanced statistics that I don't understand. And it's like, <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> it like, like, takes a sharp left turn to also rant against um, advanced <laughs> analytics in baseball today. It was, like, just, it was just like a two for one, man. We're having our heads filled with so many exit velocities. This is so true. If you think about it, I can't think about anything else but exit velocity speeds. Yeah. Like, try to think of a thought other than 105 miles per hour right now. You can't. <laughs> He, he says spin rates, launch angles, and catch probabilities. It's as if scoring the most runs in a game is considered as antiquated as the eight track. Damn, he really thought he had a fire turn of phrase right there. Yeah, this is like his whole thing is like no one remembers that scoring runs is good. Scoreboards display an academic decathlon's worth of advanced statistics, <laughs> almost drowning out the fact that the team that scores the most runs actually wins the game. What? That's so you're so saying that true. also you can't see the score. You can't see the score when you look at the scoreboard. <laughs> they don't put the runs up. Also, fans are really dumb today, and they don't know the what the game of baseball is really all about. Like it's at once, it's like snarky and smarmy at the same time. Like he's totally just talking down to fans, being like, "This is something that's bad for the game," and also, no one really understands it at this point. And it's like, uh, I, I don't know. It's really strange. I think it's that just... the one of the <laughs> the weird thing about this is he has this whole thing where he's like, "Why talk about um, like actual actual outcomes when you can obsess over expected ones?" And like six paragraphs earlier, to to use his point about to make his point about like disparity between like good teams and bad teams, he's like. The Yankees, Red Sox, and Astros all have playoff probabilities of at least 96%, according to fan graphs. And it's like, but my dude, that hasn't actually happened. So why are we pondering over um, actual outcomes when we can think <laughs> about these expected ones? 
Yeah, well, either he's too stupid or he's just <laughs> intentionally being ignorant to acknowledge the fact that that's not what expected outcomes are for. You know, yeah. like the advanced statistics that he's citing are not designed to be competitions. They're designed to be indicators used by teams and writers who are trying to see who's going to have a good year or how current performance is going to predict future performance. You know, he doesn't mention any of that. And it's just like that is the gist of the entire, you know, ranting and raving against the sabermetric community is that they become too, quote, quote unquote, too obsessed with caring about runs and wins and stuff like that and it's like actually no that's not what it is you know like if you go to fan graphs before the season starts they predict every team's win amount that's why they're doing this that's why all of these numbers exist if you're not interested in the numbers just don't look yeah that's what i was just you about to say you don't it's, have to look it's like this thing that they teach you in kindergarten that if someone's talking to you and you're not enjoying it, just walk away. You don't have to engage. But Bob is like glued to the screen on fan graphs, like red with rage, and is like, why are they talking about hard hit percentage? And why aren't they talking about wins, pitcher wins? You know, it's, yeah. Like, just don't read. Don't like enjoy the game the way you want to enjoy the game. That's totally fine. No one's going to fault you for um, obsessing over the fact that, uh, Max Scherzer has 12 wins as long as you don't write stupid columns about it, you know? Yeah, that's pretty much it, man. That's pretty much it. <laughs> it's, it, it. This is a really impressive column, I'm not going to lie, because he manages to wrap in like four or five of the different um, old man yells at cloud takes that we have come to love just over the last year or so um, about I mean, you know, rising strikeouts, analytics are bad. Also, players don't play the game the right way. Also, uh, games are too long. He manages to get that in at the end um, because he talks about a pitch clock. Uh, I don't know. I, I I applaud him in some respects. I didn't even read the, the kicker till just now. <laughs> yeah. Wow. The last two graphs. Well, first of all, this is one of those columns where every sentence is a paragraph. Love that. Love yeah, that. That's yeah, great. so good. It, it really heightens the drama in each sentence. You read it and you're like, oh my God, what a salient point he just made. <laughs> yeah, this is like first year journalism student level. <laughs> anyway, he says, maybe we just have to be patient, hoping this is only an ugly cycle. Maybe in time, hitters will actually learn to hit the other way and actually beat those relentless shifts. But baseball better hurry. Because with the NFL dominating the sports landscape and LeBron James and the NBA stealing the headlines, it's starting to get late awfully early. <laughs> the NFL. He cites the NFL dominating the sports landscape, which, you know, I guess that's true, but they have a lot of issues of their own. I think that baseball would gladly take these fixable issues versus the NFL, which the entire base the, the entire foundation of the game is like, let's kill everybody. And everyone's kind of realizing this is a bad idea. <laughs> you know, it's starting to get late awfully early, though. I don't know if you know this. What does it even mean? <laughs> like, like I genuinely tried to think of what that meant just before I responded to you just now. And I can't. <laughs> I, I have no idea. In theory, it would be like a... That's, that seems like the kind of kicker that would be like referring to the way he starts out the piece, you know? Like... Like maybe yeah. it's starting to get really um, like we're really late in some sort of cycle or something like that. But he makes no mention of it. Like it's just absolutely out of context. Wait, did you see this paragraph of all rhetorical questions? When will it end? 
Can we have some base runners now and then? How about some old-fashioned rallies? Perhaps the occasional base runner in motion. Good God, man. Every single line is pristine. <laughs> Seriously. I'm going to print this out and hang it up on my wall. Honestly, do it. If you strike out three times but happen to mix in a walk, take a bow. Strikeouts hey. used to be a hitter's ultimate embarrassment. That's not even true. It's... <laughs> This is impressive. Like, I seriously, I didn't even really read this full thing. But, like, he also takes issues with relievers starting games. Like, he really just hits on every single point that, like, the game is not the same as it was in 1980. This point, this point that he makes, um, pitchers are pitching away from contact. Oh, <laughs> they're pitching away from contact. Oh, so previously, pitchers were never trying to get batters to miss. Did yeah. you know that? No, they really Pitchers weren't. were always trying to give up contact. Yeah. That's how baseball used to be played. It used to be a gentleman's game where the pitcher was like, I'm going to throw it right down the middle and you're going to hit it. And I'm just going to hope these fucking randos in the outfield who are on uppers and drinking beer in the dugout are going to be able to catch it. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually a better game. Yeah. That was the way it should be. Yeah. It's uh, it's so ridiculous. I, I just, I guess until... I actually start seeing fans take issue with this sort of thing. I It's really hard to, like, maybe it is, maybe there are more people that take issue with this than I know, but it really seems like the drum is being beat loudest by national columnists who just need something to write about on, like, a Tuesday afternoon when they're bored, you know? Yeah. Um, all right, well, we probably don't need to rant about this any more than we've already done, but before... I let this go. I just have to say, USA Today, man. Dude, what's good with your website? I can't even see <laughs> half this article. I'm trying to scroll the article right now, and there's just a full-sized black box ad with nothing playing. <laughs> and it just says project to the right of it. Come on, oh, man. Oh, project. It's all, it's all tied together, man. The washed old media with their washed websites. Yeah. Writing washed columns about washed, antiquated baseball ideas. It's just all bad. Yeah. It's all bad. Yeah. It's really good, though. It's good content for us. So, Bob, keep churning them out, man. Keep get, keep getting it done. Keep cutting those checks, Bob. <laughs> it's all bad, but it's really good for us. So, <laughs> All right. When we come back, I have another live Tebow update. All right, so last week I had a real live I saw Tim Tebow in person update for you guys. And this week I have another one because Tebow Mania was back in Trenton and I went again. <laughs> it was just as crazy this time, potentially even crazier. As I was waiting to go into the game, like waiting in line, I saw this guy holding Tim Tebow's book, like clutching it to his chest, hoping that Tim would sign it after the game, I guess. And he honestly probably did. I didn't stick around to see how many books and jerseys and hats that he signed after this game. But I saw him in person again, and it was, you know, right about the same as last time. He's pretty just he's pretty 240 <laughs> with average power. <laughs> I heard uh, I heard he uh, he cracked the double and uh, and tried to stretch it. You want to tell me about that? Uh, yeah. So you could say he cracked a double or you could say he hit a. It wasn't a pop fly, but it was like a 
looping line drive kind of hit somewhat to the left center gap, but it was well within the center fielder's range, but he somehow lost it in the lights, I guess, or in the setting sun. And it landed like probably six feet over Tebow's head or no, sorry, over his head. And Tebow was like rounding first. And um, as he was rounding second, he slowed down and like came to a complete stop. And I guess didn't know where the ball was, but like the third base coach was giving him the full stop sign. And he just decided he was going to take off for third and the ball beat him there by, I want to say like 40 feet, but he just continued to run to third instead of like getting in a rundown. And he, I don't want to say that he looks like he's never run the bases before, but he kind of looks like he's never run the bases before. <laughs> like he, like every, every like base to base, it's very station to station. Like literally you run in a straight line. Like he doesn't really have a great feel for how he should round the base and within what stride he should hit it. You know how MLB players just make that look effortless, but it's very hard. You're supposed to like, you know, just catch the inside of the base with like your inside foot or whatever. And Tim just doesn't do that. <laughs> and so he's like starting from a dead standstill at second base and the ball beats him there by like a mile. And instead of trying to slide or trying to get in a rundown, he just fakes like he's going to actually football tackle the third baseman. <laughs> He like wraps him up as he's getting tagged and then he doesn't actually take him down. Obviously I really wish he did because that would have been insane. The crowd would have went wild, <laughs> but he then stands up and laughs and like taps the guy on the back and says something to him and they both laugh and it's like, haha, sports center definitely played this later that night. <laughs> <laughs> Tebow tackles third baseman. Tebow tackles minor league third baseman. 10 million views on Twitter. <laughs> Honestly, though. You know, here's the thing is, I, I think we talked last week about how his season's just not been going very well. But I guess I didn't realize. Going fine. I, he's hitting 320 in June. Oh. <laughs> oh. 320, now, you say? Bob Nightingale, where are you at? <laughs> and his, actually, his strikeout rate is kind of down. Like, I mean, it's up on the season man like he's striking out 36 percent of the time which is Whoa. which is not sustainable he's being fueled by that 420 babip oh god <laughs> like i'm not kidding that's what it is <laughs> um but he's up to like 256 on the season he just homered a couple days ago maybe he's actually making improvements at the plate dare i say you know fan graphs projects that if he were called up today wait wait we don't do projections here. Oh. We don't do expected outcomes. How many runs did he score this week? Damn, you're right. Yeah. Did the Rumble, How many did the Rumble, did the Rumble yeah. Ponies even win? Like, yeah. What's the know? Rumble Ponies record? We should not call them up if they're not at least 650. Uh, Fangraphs projects that if he were called up today, he would hit 192. <laughs> That's not that bad. <laughs> Which is better than Jose Reyes is hitting right now. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's call him up. Why not at this point? I'm here for it, man. Fangraphs can't project the divinity factor, Alex. <laughs> okay. They figured out everything earthly, but they can't bring God into this. <laughs> God doesn't waste his time on the minors, but once Tim makes it up to the majors, God's going to help out. You know, I'm I'm kind of surprised that that guy who brought the Tebow book didn't just bring the Bible. Like, that's what I would have done, you know? I really thought about that. When I first saw it, I was like, is that the Bible? <laughs> and then I saw a picture on the front and I was like, I don't think they print pictures on the Bible. <laughs> but I thought for a sec, I entertained the idea. And he was wearing like a Tebow jersey 
like I'm pretty sure he was wearing like a Broncos hat or something. And if it was the Bible, I was going to go over there and ask to take a picture of him. I ended up taking a sneak picture of him anyway and sending it to you because I, I needed you to see it. But <laughs> if it was the legitimate like King James Bible, I was going to go over there and take a close picture and tweet it from Tippy Pitches. <laughs> but yeah. alas, it was just the normal, the Tim Tebow book. I didn't know Tim Tebow had a book, but it's the least surprising fact I've ever learned. Uh, yeah, same. Maybe it's that guy's Bible, you know? That's like his personal Bible is Tim Tebow's book. We should read it. Yeah? You you want to read it? A couple weeks from now, we just have a book review for this section. I'm, I'm down, man. We still, we still have to get him on the podcast at some point, so. Well, okay, so let's say we read the book. We kind of hint at the fact that we've been doing t- weekly Tebow updates. We don't let him know that it's mostly a shtick. <laughs> and we're like, we really wanted to have you on to talk about your journey. And we read your book. And, uh, you know, a lot of the themes that we see in there, we've really seen in your double A season this year. <laughs> we interview him, not in jest. And then we talk about it in jest afterwards. I'm about it, man. I, I got to start titling the episodes with like religious themes so that maybe he's a little more enticed, you know? Like if we get a few episodes in a row that refer to like Jesus on the ball field or something like that, like maybe he'd yeah. be more inclined to come on. Well, we could also do a book review and an interview of John Sexton and Baseball as a Road to God. Oh, I have the book. Oh, there you go. He gave it to me. <laughs> he didn't even sign it, but he gave it. <laughs> John Sexton, former president of NYU. Yeah, that's a, that's a niche reference right there for our listenership. Yeah, seriously. That feels like such an easy name for me to say, but everyone's going to be like, what? <laughs> yeah, let's have John Sexton on the pod. I am about it, man. All right. Um, do you have anything else to say about Tebow? No, only that he's... A league average hitter at double A, and frankly, that's better than I would have ever expected. Smoking, I pouring up, keep that lean up in my cup. All my car got leather and wood in my hood. We call it book. Everybody wanna bow. I let brows at the mall. If he up, watching fouls, I can fuck with y'all. That's all we got for you this week. We hope you enjoyed the return of our hot take dramatic reading because it was fun for us to really get all of that pent up anger towards bad columnists so this one didn't really have like a, a racial tinge to it like they usually do but you know someone phil mushnick is bound to come out soon oh yeah we'll, we'll get some good ones we've uh, it's i feel like it's been a little while since we've done a dramatic reading of a bad take but you know it's summer the the takes are coming you know that they are yeah when when baseball writers run out of things to talk about they'll just inevitably talk about how like so-and-so's chain is too big it's distracting from him (laughs) play (laughs) and we'll just be like yeah this is true actually i was thinking the same thing it's so true man that maybe that's why yoannis cespedes keeps getting hurt his center of gravity is off balance oh it's the chain yeah Think about that. I'm gonna write that take. That's we we should just do weekly columns. Like like beat the let's scoop the columnists on their bad takes, you know? Yeah, we just come up with them first and we write them as satire on our website. That's actually not a bad idea. It's not a bad idea. And then they look stupid as hell when they actually write the takes. We become baseball's the onion. <laughs> <laughs> let's do it, man. I'm not kidding. I'm down. I'm down. We could just alternate every week. We could just come up with a terrible take tab. That's my first one. You want to assess what is this chain? I'll yeah. write that for the, for the website. Go for it. All right. Well, if you think this is a good idea or a terrible idea, let us know. No, if you think it's a bad idea, don't tell us. Just don't, yeah, let, don't let tell us, us. Let us have this one. Let us just have let this. Just crash and burn yeah. in front of everyone's eyes. <laughs> um. Yeah. Reach out to us with uh, feedback, with 
bad takes that you think that we should read and are up our alley. You know, we are in separate places and we will continue to be in separate places for the foreseeable future of recordings. Although maybe not next week, but we'll see. So, you know, we apologize for not being hashtag studio level quality like we originally started out, but it is what it is. I think that's about all I got. I just wanted to say before we sign off, hashtag Ichi for DC. Uh, yeah, follow us on t- Twitter. Let's start this campaign. Yeah, let's get it going, folks. All right, bye, y'all. Counterfeits. I keep up with y'all. Now everybody sing this shit. I'm sending him a phone. I'm never watching Seth Lugo pitch and being like, damn, did you see that curveball? I wonder what the spin rate is. And I'm not watching Seth Lugo pitch and SNY flashes the spin rate in big numbers across the screen after the curveball. Okay, it's not affecting the game. It's not affecting your viewership you at mean, all. It's not affecting. You mean after the the Mets lose, you you don't say to yourself, "Well, I don't care that the Mets lost because Seth Lugo posted a career high spin rate on his curveball today, and that's really what matters." I actually do say that to myself. Someone tell Bob. <laughs> I don't care about wins and losses. I'm surprised that column didn't have the word millennials in it. Yeah, right. <laughs>